everyone. This is Elizabeth West, BTN Editorial Director, and you're listening to The Biz at BTN, our new podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Emma Jones of London-based risk insurance and advisory firm, Willis Towers Watson, for a new series we're calling Path Back to Business Travel. Jones is the Global Director of Procurement for Travel and Expense, and she's been laser-focused on getting Willis Towers Watson travelers back on the road safely and with the right support. Welcome to the program, Emma. Thanks, Beth. Great to be here. Thanks. I'm just going to jump right into it. As a risk advisory and insurance firm, what has been Willis Towers Watson's sort of philosophical or cultural approach around business travel during the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you think back to 2020, I suppose for us, China was impacted first. And then I think from Q2 last year for the rest of the world, really. So we've had essential only travel, a travel policy in place since then, uh, albeit some markets are obviously beginning to open up now. So we've we've seen China domestically come back, Australia, New Zealand, and some US domestic as well. But you know, imagine our business is probably no different to anybody else's in terms of the main priorities, duty of care of, of employees and well-being of colleagues. And this continues to be the case. And has that all a change or has there been a shift in priority um, of that well-being element or safety element since the COVID pandemic? I would say that um, the change that we made early on in the pandemic last year was the fact that we brought in an approval process mm. which didn't actually exist previously. So um, there was really clear direct from our C-suite around having some control, visibility and transparency of our travellers, recognising obviously duty of care of employees was the top priority. So that was instigated across a number of markets last year and obviously continues to be in place now. And then similarly, we also introduced um, some pre-trip reporting. So that was daily last year and it's now moved to fortnightly. Um, But that is really just to be able to show the C-suite who is currently travelling. In terms of volume, and I'm sure this is dramatically different from 2019, but would you say your volume had recovered 10%? Has it recovered 20%? Where do you think you kind of are right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, last Last year, we were we were down over 75% compared to 2019. Yeah. And for the sort of first quarter of this year, that, that hasn't changed. In fact, we were down further the first quarter because obviously the first quarter last year was actually quite a buoyant quarter through till right. March. Um, so actually, I anticipate we'll start to see a little bit of a recovery now, April, May and June. But it, it's only small numbers, you know, single digits at the moment. But I think right. we'll probably be looking to see travel progress further in the second half of the year that's what we're anticipating yeah so in anticipation of that I know you've been working hard on different models to get um, travelers safely back on the road to make sure Willis Towers walks in Uh, can I call it WTW is that a absolutely yeah that's much easier (laughs) Good, good. Um, So to get WTW um, travelers back on the road, but also um, to make sure executives and managers are advised about what's going on in travel. There's never been more scrutiny or awareness of 
its importance, but also the risks around it. So what models are you sort of trying to begin to put in place to gradually move people back to the road? Um, have you surveyed travelers? Do you know what kind of insights um, maybe those who have been traveling have brought to the table? Tell me a little bit about what you've been doing. Yeah, sure. So so just to your last point around surveying travellers. So one of the things we have been very conscious of is we don't know what demand will look like and how quickly it will come back. I don't think it will be a big bang for sure. But, you know, we are we're focused on being very sensitive to the needs of our travellers, but also our suppliers, you know, particularly the airlines, the hotels and our TMC and how we manage any level of demand coming back. So we actually instigated a welcome home survey during the pandemic to actually start surveying those travellers who are out on the road at the moment. And there aren't a great deal of them because it is essential travel only. But we were really conscious, <coughs> excuse me, that we really wanted to be able to have a survey and, and really highlight probably three things. One was, you know, are there any points of friction on the traveller journey related to our suppliers so that actually we could feed that back to our suppliers around the traveller experience before we saw travel coming back in any level of volume. The second one was really to gauge traveller sentiment. So ask them on a scale of one to five, their comfort level of travelling. And actually so far, everyone that's come back is a four or five, which is really encouraging. Um, and then the third one was really to ask them around how productive their trip was. So, and this is really to stop thinking longer term around reimagining travel and the purpose of the trip. So we've sort of taken that information and we're trying to utilize that now to inform or change some of the processes we need to look at based on feedback we're getting back from the travelers. So I know that you also, um, you are industry colleagues and friends with Caroline Strachan over at Festive Road. And I had spoken to her in February um, when they issued, they first issued their purposeful travel model. Caroline mentioned that you had kind of a similar structure in mind with your own program in terms of reformulating uh, some of the decision making around travel. Back in November last year, which was the only time actually we could meet face to face, Vested Road, you know, brought some travel managers together to start thinking about the purposeful travel model mm -hmm. and the road to purposeful travel and really to think strategically about the future of travel and, you know, also looking at elevating the role of travel and meetings within organizations as well. So we have a really strong stakeholder net a network within our business. And socialization with stakeholders has really been a large part of, of what we do. Um, and that has really helped set the foundations for discussions on the future of travel. So this is not talking about the return to travel and the logistics and operations for return to travel, albeit that is critically important. Mm -hmm. But this is more about the strategic future direction of travel and the value of face-to-face -face interactions. So we've been working closely with the business, utilizing a working group of senior geographers and sort of business unit leaders to shape the future and actually critically mirrored some of the processes around what the business has been doing around reimagining the workplace mm -hmm. and even utilizing the same working group members. So we've used the same team because actually, you know, we see travel as an extension of that work. So as you start thinking about how the office will be utilized in the future, 
culture and looking at networking and collaborating rather than just going to work to do your job necessarily, we see that travel becomes an extension of that. So we really want to take some of the great work internally that had been done on reimagining the workplace and mirror some of that and see travel as an extension of that. So we've used the working group to really start looking into the value of these face-to-face interactions and determining groups of interactions that, you know, that the business feels absolute warrants face-to-face and in-person meetings versus those that could be done virtually using virtual technology. And, and what has been sort of the net result of that? Or I'm sure it may still be in progress, but do you see some of those groupings and how they're shaping up? And can you share those with us? Yeah, so I mean, on the back of what Festive Road did with their purposeful travel model, they sort of had three areas, so customer, people and Mm organisational. And I suppose ours would fit within that, but we've taken it to four. So we're really talking about external engagements. We're also talking about collaboration as a separate area, learning and development. So that's about training, both internal and external, and then culture and community, which is more around sort of networking and social events and so on so and and I'm you know it's interesting because those would necessarily have been the words that I would have utilized but they're the words the business you know resonate with and we were very conscious that actually this has to resonate with the business so they understand the parameters in which they they're looking at the future of travel Um, and then within those four segments we've got we've got sort of subcategories again language that resonates back with the business e.g RFP meeting for example Mm -hmm. Um, you know there will be things things that sit under those four areas so it will then become very clear that there will be a framework in which travelers can operate and understand when they should be traveling and the value of traveling and face-to-face interactions versus when they shouldn't and I think we we've tried to look at this framework so that we give individuals some thought process and checklists around what they should be considering so purpose of trips really important as is people so what we mentioned around the level of comfort that individuals have around traveling and also the numbers of people traveling Mm -hmm. and then and then planets so looking at sustainability as well and the impact of that. So, yeah, so we're, we're probably quite far down that path now where we are coming. We've come together as a group. We've gone through various elements and we've come out with what we believe our groupings are. So the next steps really will be to pull that together in a cohesive communication that we'll be able to go out to the business with. Is there a way that this is going to be worked into or somehow incorporated into a booking tool? Will this be a separate document that sort of says, look at this before you go to book your trip? And where does the approval process sit in that process? Yeah, so I think there are you know, as we look at our communication strategy, I think there are various channels that we can utilize to make sure we're getting the message across without it being um, too, you know, too much friction for the individual in terms of that there's fatigue around the communications. We have to be targeted when we're talking about that. Um, so, you know, that could well be on the on the front page on the real estate related to the online booking tool, for example, um, working very closely with our TMCs for those offline bookings as well. Um, and just making sure that we're sharing this information ahead of time. So today we have COVID checklists for those people that are traveling so they know exactly what to expect. 
respect. And I think this would just become part of that, that thought process for individuals that there would be a framework in, in which they need to think about. So that I think that will be housed in various places, actually. Mm-hmm. And then and then where does the approval process work? Is it during the booking process where you, you know, choose the trip and, and the purpose of the trip and it goes to the to the direct manager? How is that working? Yeah, yeah it is. So it, it's actually fairly simple in terms of we haven't made that too complex. So all bookings require approval currently. Mm-hmm. And that goes to line manager. So someone will make their reservation. Um, that booking will then go off for approval. And they have a number of hours in which to approve that um, before that, that trip is obviously is, um, is made. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a fairly simple approval process. It was new to us last year. As I said, we didn't have approvals in previous to that, which is why we want to put focus much more on why people are traveling. So does it enhance the experience of the audience? You know, is there an alternative way of... of um, of engaging with that audience, you know, through technology, etc. Yeah, I'm assuming that the travel department has a pretty close relationship with your risk and security department. Is that the case? It absolutely. So we have um, a travel risk team and we work very closely with them as we do with our facilities teams as well. And I think, you know, that's one of the a huge benefits, I think, of being in, in the travel industry and in the travel team within a, a corporate is actually you're supporting and an, um, so many different areas of the business and engaging with so many different areas of the business. So there is definitely overlap and collaboration with our travel risk team. And they're obviously supporting some of the communications currently and in the future that will go out specifically around origin and destination, um, making sure people have got what they need in terms of um, understanding of where they're going and what they need to travel. Okay. Um, Oh, I heard a little coworker behind you there. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's the the joys of working from home, right? I love it. I love it. Um, So how are you sharing data with your risk team? I know you mentioned that you had a daily report going out um, to your executives about travel. And now that's sort of shifting to uh, Fortnite. Um, And I'm assuming that that data is also simultaneously shared with risk so that they're aware of all of what's happening uh, in the, in, you know, across the business in terms of travel. Is that the case? It is. So we have a, um, a small group of uh, travel individuals and risk and insurance mm-hmm. that come together every month just to talk through things that are you know, taking place and who should take accountability for what. Um, but they are absolutely included on all of those C-suite reports so they have the same visibility as we do in terms of to, for pre-trip as well. But particularly if there's high risk destinations or international travel, which there's very little of, obviously, at the moment but these things obviously need to be looked at and then um, you know the processes that we've got in place are, are there so that when there's scale in terms of volume coming back they will also apply so yeah really important that we're working with those areas of the business as well as working with the likes of mobility and HR you know as we said at the outset colleague well-being is such a large part and priority of what we're doing moving forward so HR is also a big part of what who we engage with. Travel management, I think it's sort of you manage the front part in the booking and you manage the back part on expense. So I'm wondering if you have done anything to make on-trip support more robust. 
Yeah, so I think, you know, mobile functionality is is critical, I think, as a new technology is moving forward when people are traveling. And I think communications for us during the pandemic is something that we've really focused on, recognizing volume will, will come back at some point this year. Mm-hmm. So we've actually set up a new messaging notification system through our TMC, which allows us to push messages to certain groups of individuals, you know, messages that we outline. Um, and that can happen pre, during and post trip. Mm-hmm. So obviously we have our welcome home survey for when people return as well. Um, and that's really important for us to understand how our traveling community are feeling and how we can add value to their experience. So I think okay. the communication piece is really, really important. But similarly, you know, they're we work very closely with our existing suppliers throughout the pandemic. We've been working with them about their COVID readiness, making mm-hmm. sure that we're capturing all that information and actually moving forward our existing suppliers and actually new market entrants of where as well are very much looking around well-being. There's a lot of new apps and new technology mm-hmm. that's around, around traveler well-being. And we're exploring that around how we can be very supportive of our travelers when they're traveling or at the airport or at destination and so on. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. I think, you know, we've got a continuum of pre, during and post, and we're looking at all the different touch points with the travelers along that point and where we're looking to interact with technology across those points as well so I think you're absolutely right I think during becomes equally as important as pre and post for sure Um, and you mentioned those suppliers and and those supplier partnerships are the um, you know the pillars that you lean on for that on-trip experience and you partner in order to deliver that experience to to the traveler. Obviously you want to optimize costs and those are the other elements of it as well, but that delivery of the experience and a good product on the road is very important. So how are you advising your suppliers about increasing volume or as more travelers get back on the road, you've got your survey, but how are you working directly with your suppliers to say, hey, we've got more travel about to happen. Um, Are you guys ready? Or how can we be sure you're ready? Or how can we support you? Because this is all a group effort. Yeah, you're so right. And I think we're very conscious and sensitive to the fact that a lot of our suppliers have gone through a really difficult 12 months Mm -hmm. and a lot have had to furlough staff and make changes to their operations. So, you know, we're very sensitive to that and we work very closely. It's really important to us that our suppliers are our partners. And when we see any changes or potential changes happening within our business, that we're sharing that directly through either quarterly business reviews or monthly updates Mm -hmm. um, and making sure they're aware and and of course you know they're all reaching out as I'm sure they are with with my peers to find out when we expect travel to to resume and I know that's such a difficult question I know why they're asking it because clearly they're wanting to be able to manage demand and give the best customer experience they can and I know that's going to be difficult so you know internally within our business I have sort of socialized there may be a few bumps in the road you know there could well be in terms of support whilst they try and manage that balance of of demand and supply but you know I think it just it's really down to communication and making sure we're sharing as much information with our suppliers as we can and vice versa um, ultimately to drive the best experience for our travelers. And what is the role of the TMC when things aren't going to, you know, there are going to be bumps, as you say, 
And the role of the TMC often is to help the company smooth those bumps um, for the traveler. Uh, but the TMCs themselves have experienced quite um, quite difficult times. Are you are you confident in the ability of your TMC and your other suppliers to um, to deliver? I am actually. I think again, we have a very close working relationship with our TMC. We engage with them obviously daily, and we bring them into our thought processes around our strategy for the year, things that we need to do tactically related to the pandemic, and how they can support us with that. So it's an absolute joint effort. You know, we don't pretend to have all the answers, and I think it's important that we engage with our TMCs because they do have a helicopter view of their clients, and there may be things that other people are doing that are really great to do that we don't need to reinvent the wheel on. Um, So I think it's a good opportunity there that um, we're engaging with them regularly. And have you shared your framework with them that you described to me earlier to say, you know, this is how we're working through the return to travel and do they have a role in um, helping travelers make decisions at all? Yeah, absolutely. So so again, it's really important that they're educated on what it is we're focused on so that when there does come, the demand comes back and we're seeing more travel, that they are ramping up relative to our needs. So totally. And, you know, when we talked about pre, during and post, you know, we've done that together to highlight some of the technologies that are in-house within our TMCs, as well as some third-party technologies that potentially we take take advantage of to help remove that frictional pain points along that customer, that traveler journey. And uh, the TMCs have been a large part of that. And I think, you know, I think a lot of the TMCs have really been able to step up in terms of some of their technology, particularly around bringing together a single source of truth as it relates to origin and destination information, which we know is so complex. Mm-hmm. now and when yeah. and particularly for international travel moving forward the fact that there's a house you know a housing of data and information that we can go to is brilliant because yeah. it just allows our travelers to have the confidence to know what they need to do when they're traveling exactly and if they're not doing direct flights and they have a stopover that information becomes so important in the pandemic and exactly. we maybe did not know that before yeah do you think the travelers have new expectations of the travel program post-pandemic? And do you think it will maybe drive awareness and compliance back to the program? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think think travelers will absolutely absolutely be more conscious of the decision to travel in the first place. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as we've talked about earlier around the purpose of the trip, and I think that, you know, There'll be a mix of travellers, as I think there will be in all organisations, and we won't be any different to that. You know, you're going to have those travellers who've got their suitcase ready and can't wait to get out the door and back on an aircraft. And then you're going to have those that are reluctant to travel, either for personal reasons or they don't believe they need to for the role they're doing. And then you've probably got those that sit somewhere in between who'll be happy to travel as and when they need to. So, you know, I think um, the visibility of the approval process and the data is really going to highlight the transparency around the volume of trips and the purpose of trips moving forward, which I think will be a real positive and will really enhance the conversations around compliance as well. And I think, you know, we're investigating some technology within our TMC to actually just develop further some of those compliance areas, mm-hmm. um, which will really, I think, support the need for duty of care and colleague well-being moving forward. So I think, yeah. you know, it's a positive step for sure.
This kind of brings me to my last question, the sort of traveler expectations of the program may have changed, they may be more aware of it, but certainly executive awareness around travel has grown. And how has that changed your role, the role of your team in travel to maybe a more strategic position or put them in a more strategic light in the company? I think that has definitely changed. Yeah, for sure. I think the position of travel and meetings and the meetings teams can be elevated based on the importance of travel moving forward. I think if companies are not only just looking at return to travel, which is more of the operational logistical side of return to travel, but are also looking at strategically at their workplace and their travel needs and identifying learnings from the pandemic to improve Um, their experience and value of in-person interactions. And I think travel plays a huge part. So I imagine a lot of travel buyers have been engaging with more areas of their business than they have done previously. Um, And as I said earlier, travel touches so many different areas of the business, particularly as we start evolving conversations around sustainability and well-being. So, you know, I I recognise it's going to be a difficult few months but similarly I don't think there's a better time to be involved in sort of future proofing the industry because you know we really I think the businesses really see it as a sort of enabler to the bottom line now traveling and meetings and events and I think that will continue. Thank you so much for talking with us today Emma. Oh it's been a pleasure I've thoroughly enjoyed it thanks Beth.